I uh, have, have some things that are kind of heavy to share at the front end of this, so just, just bear with me, all right? Uh, you know, Paul, Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians 11. You don't have to turn there, and, but you, if you want to write it down, it's verse 28 and 29. But he said, apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? You know, Paul carried around with him. He, he truly loved the people that he ministered to. He truly cared for the people that he ministered to. And he wanted the best for them. That's why we have teaching and preaching at this church, because Pastor Tony and Jeanette truly care for your spiritual well-being. They want you to grow. They want you to rise up in Christ. They want you to learn how to, to prosper and learn how to walk in faith and receive from things. But you know, I, I'm going to tell you a true story. It's a sad story, so just, just hang for with me, okay? I'm not pointing fingers at anybody here. I'm not saying anybody here is messing up or not following God right. I'm not saying anything like that. If you read the first four or five chapters of the book of Hebrews, Paul is teaching them correction, correction, correction. Think right, think right, think right. And then he goes, now, of course, I don't think that about any of you all. I have great faith that you guys are doing good. But, but you know, Paul knew that, that they weren't the only ones who were going to read that, right? So we got people all over the country, really, actually, all over the world who, who tune in. And, and I felt so impressed that the Lord wanted me to share these things. So, so bear with me, and let's dig in here, okay? Um, you know, years ago, uh, I went to church with a couple, sweet, sweet people, they were at church every week. They were business owners. They were in a good church, a word church. They were there every service. Their kids were in the youth group. They volunteered. And they were arrested, charged, tried, and sentenced. And I thought, how? How? I mean, they were in church with me. They were right beside me. They were hearing the word of God. How? Well, court records show that they were selling certain legitimate products on the black market for illegal purposes for about 100 times their actual value. And you can say I'm a businessman, and it's not my responsibility what people do with the products I sell, but you know, I don't think God's going to accept that too much. You understand what I'm saying? I don't think that one's going to fly. It certainly doesn't fly with the courts in our nation, and it wouldn't fly with God either, you know? But, but Jesus said this in Mark 4, 9, and you can write that down. You don't have to turn there either. But Jesus was saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Do you understand that you can hear and not, li you can hear and not listen or listen and not hear? You know, however you want to say that. You understand what I'm saying, right? I mean, I, I, I try, if my wife's saying something important, I try to shut my computer, mute the TV, and look at her face so that she knows that I am listening to what she's saying. But we've both done this to each other. You all say, you remember I told you such and such? And she's like. <laughs> and I've done it more, about 10 times more to her than she has to me. So, so don't, don't feel like uh, I'm, I'm pointing fingers. But, but see, you can come to church and not hear a word. You know that? You can sit there and plan your day and plan your month and plan your business that you're going to. You're going to and figure out where you're going to go eat that day, and, and you wonder which uh, trough is open after church that you can get there, and, you know, before, 
before the trough is empty and you want to get there. And uh, that old song, there's room at the trough for you. Anyway, you don't want me singing. I better stop. Anyway, uh, you know, in Luke 8, Jesus said, he said, uh, <laughs> you like that one, Niall? Uh, you know, Jesus said in Luke 8, be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. You know what? Hearing has to be super intentional. We have to decide we're going to hear. When somebody's up here talking, you got to decide you're going to actually receive that. Um, I had a friend who passed away from leukemia. I'll tell you the bad news before I get to the other news. Anyway, uh, I, don't, I don't have, a, I don't have a John Patrick here to explain this to you. But uh, he, uh, he had leukemia. And they had a big plan. They were going to go in. They could give him bone marrow transplants. That would take care of it. And when they give you bone marrow transplants or any kind of transplants, I think they give you a lot of steroids to keep your body from rejecting that. He was steroid resistant. So the steroids were given. They were in his bloodstream. They were floating, coursing through his body. But not one cell accepted that steroid into it. And he died because there was no treatment that they could give him, and uh, he didn't know anything about healing. But, but, but the point is, is that, that, see, you can be in the perfect church. You can have the perfect preacher and, and not hear a word. I mean, have you ever done this? Leanne and I sometimes read before we go to bed and, uh, or to go to sleep. You know, I'll lay there and read, and pretty soon... I realized that I've read about three paragraphs. I have absolutely no idea what I just read. And I look over at my wife and say, I'm done. And I close the book and put it back on the nightstand because it's just not working anymore. Do you understand? But, you know, and, and again, I'm not getting on anybody. Uh, any of us can have a thought that passes through our head. You know, where am I going after church? Oh, yeah, I'm going on vacation tomorrow. Yeah. You know, or, you know, whatever. You know, wow, my foot hurts or my foot's asleep. Or, you know, I sure wish that my husband or my wife was here with me today. You know, we, can, we have all those thoughts going through our heads while we're in church. Don't beat yourself up because your brain wanders for a minute. But you know what? We all can take some control over that and we can decide, no. I'm going to listen, I'm going to take notes, I'm going to underline stuff in my Bible, I'm going to do it because I love God, I love me, I'm going to take care, this is time for us to receive and to grow. Does that make sense? You guys with me here? I'm not beating you up too hard, right? I'm not, right? You know, 2 Timothy 4, um, I, I'm going to have you go to Ephesians in a minute, but I'm just going to read a bunch of scriptures to you, so... You can write them down if you want, or you can try to turn there, but I'm going to probably go too fast. 2 Timothy 4, um, Paul writing to Timothy, he said, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Hello. Has that time come? Yeah, we know a lot of people who won't endure sound doctrine. They don't want to hear it. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside 
to myth. Sadly, we see that happening in our own day and age. And I think uh, it might be uh, later in that chapter. No. Okay, do you ever write notes? And No, you know what? The reason is because I'm in a different book. First Timothy chapter 4. I'm looking at 2 Timothy chapter 4 and then going, wait a minute, what did I do? 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 says, The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Do you know that, that and we all do this, so again... I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm not beating anybody up. I'm not getting on anybody. You understand what I'm saying. But, but, but we can all, you know, the Lord will put some impression on us, and we'll just kind of push it down. You know, y'all don't look at me like you don't know what I, I yeah, actually, just you keep that stoic look on your face, and no one will know you've ever, yeah, we've all done that, right? I did it the other day. I was telling the men yesterday at Bible study, I had a car accident maybe five, six weeks ago. The Lord told me, get out of this lane. He told me, I heard it in my heart. I heard it. And I was like, Lord, there's like eight cars in that lane, zero cars in this lane. And I didn't do it. And the next thing you know, somebody changed lanes right into my car. 100% preventable. You know, and, and you want to blame the other person, which yes, they should have looked before they changed lanes. But the Lord told me to get out of there. I don't think he's going to 100% blame them. You understand what I'm saying? But we can all do that. We can all not listen carefully, okay? I mean, it, it just, it's part of us growing up spiritually. Don't beat yourself up. You know, you're not the only one. We're all there. We are all work in progress. We're all learning. I've, I've said this before, but I'll, I'll say it again. I was in class with Brother Kenneth Hagin. He's been in ministry 50-some years, walking with God with the faith walk of, of that very few people ever get to, right? And, and he said, yeah, the Lord told me to do such and such with my finances, but I didn't know if it was him or not, so I didn't do it. I was like, if you don't know, what hope is there for me? <laughs> you know, I was 29, 30 years old, and I was like, whatever. <laughs> it was very discouraging to me for a moment. And then after I thought about it, I thought, you know, that's very encouraging, actually, because I understand completely what you're saying. We're all learning. We're learning. You know, I, I, I didn't bring my heart, my fuzzy heart, sandpaper heart. But, you know, we, we got to learn to pay attention, you know, when it feels wrong inside. I'm not talking about feeling, you know, with your fingers. And, you know, when you, something's wrong here, you know. Uh, I, I, some, some time ago... Gosh, how many years ago? 13 years ago. Uh, a missionary friend of mine called me, and, and he said, I, I have a job for, for you, a paid position. I could have you come over to Africa, and you could do this. You'd be the perfect guy to do this. And I was like, wow, that sounds really good. But every step I took toward that felt worse and worse and worse and worse till the point where I just, I just emailed him and I said, you know, Doc, I, 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 can't, I can't do this. I don't know what happened. But anyway, two years later, the whole project fell apart, and they had to scrap it all. So see, God's smarter than we are. You understand that, right? So he'll talk to us and say, do this, do that, don't do this. It's usually just impressions, just the inward witness. We just kind of have a knowing. Yes, no. Is that going to happen about everything? Oh, no, not everything at all. Very few things. But when it happens, we need to learn to pay attention. 
what happened here in this verse, you know, it said their consciences are seared with a hot iron. They're intentionally not listening. They're intentionally putting that down. They're intentionally, uh, when they wrong somebody, oh, no, I'm not going to apologize. No, no, I'm not wrong. And pretty soon, you're losing your ability to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and to your own conscience. Well, if you do that, then you're putting yourself in a position where you could do about anything and not care or know. And so, you know, I, 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 I look at these people that, that I went to church with that wound up in, you know, incarcerated, and, and it broke my heart because I love these people, truthfully. I'd worked side by side with one of them, and, and it, it, it broke my heart, but I thought, you know, we all have to be careful how we hear. Every one of us. There's not one person. If you think you know everything, and you think you've already got it covered, and you think, oh, yeah, I'm, I've, I've been walking in this for 25 years. Okay, yeah, you're, you're in trouble right there, okay? Can I just tell you? That's a dangerous spot because, because I'll tell you what. I, I'll, I have a scripture somewhere. I'll have to get to it in a minute. But, but you know what? It's going to take all of eternity for us to understand everything there is to know about God. I, 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 I've had the Lord show me things, and there's so much in, our, in, in the Word of God, you know? Uh, you know, somebody uh, was teaching some things, and, uh, and they weren't scriptural at all. And uh, a pastor, just out of love, confronted them and said, you know, what you're teaching, you know, isn't in the Bible. And they're like, oh, I'm way beyond that thing. <laughs> okay. You're, yeah, you're in, you're in deep, deep trouble if, you, if you're looking at it that way, all right? You know, we need to stay humble and, and realize there's so much more in this book than we have even touched, you know? We have just begun to scratch the surface of what's here. And, and God, he will, as much as you're hungry for, as much as you'll seek him, as much as you'll... As much as you can get your, your, uh, yourself to study and read. And, and I'm not saying you don't have other things to do. God knows you do. He knows your schedule. He knows how busy you are. He's not going to beat you up. No, but he loves you. And, and, you know, if you're married or if you have a friend, you know, to, to, to build that friendship, to build that marriage, you got to spend time together. And, and if you don't spend time together... Then, then you just don't feel that same connection. And the same is true with God. You know, he loves you. He wants to spend time with you, but he's not mad at you. He's not, it's like, you know, it's like put a gun to your head and force you to spend time with him. No, it isn't like that. He's never going to do that. But, but what time that you take with him, he loves. And, and he wants you to get to know him. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, I, I was... Uh, I was thinking while I was working on this uh, about Judas, you know? How in the world did Judas go wrong? You know, he was with Jesus incarnate, Jesus on the earth, traveled with him, you know? There, there's, there's a place uh, where uh, in Luke 9, it says Jesus called the 12 together. Notice it didn't say the 11. It didn't say the, the, the 12 less Judas. Says he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases 
and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. And then it says they came back. It doesn't say 11 of the 12 came back and told Jesus all about how it went. No, they, they all came back. Judas too. No, we don't want to hear that. Because it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. How, 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 how did, well, I can tell you how he, I can tell you exactly what happened. He stopped hearing. He started tre- treating Jesus like he was a commonplace. You know, he started, he started failing to appreciate all the miracles. I mean, come on, miracles. Everywhere he went, everybody got healed. Everybody got healed, whatever. Yeah, it's the same as yesterday. Really? I mean, are you not appreciating the fact that he can speak to the wind and the wind stops? Are you not appreciating the fact that, that Jesus walked on the water? But yeah, that's exactly what happened. He started treating Jesus like he was just commonplace. And, and uh, you know, the, the word says, you know, we, we know that verse. The word says you can't serve God and money. Well, Judas apparently, uh, the Bible says that he, would, he was the keeper of the money box, and he'd help himself to it. Apparently, nobody really confronted him about it. Apparently, nobody really paid much of attention at all to it. Nobody was like, hey, Judas, where'd you get that Apple Watch? You know, it wasn't anything like that. You know, nothing like that is recorded in the Bible. And, and it says even when Jesus handed him the bread, you know, at communion, it said, go, you know, what thou doest, go and do quickly. It, it says that the disciples thought he went to buy something for their meal or to give money to the poor. They weren't even suspicious. Even though Jesus said somebody's about to betray me, they weren't even really suspicious that it was him. But Judas had stopped listening. He had stopped receiving. He was like that body that was uh, filled with steroids that wasn't receiving the steroids, and therefore the person's body couldn't be helped. Well, Judas got himself into a, a really bad place, didn't he? But, you know, when you start compromising and money becomes more important than God, or anything becomes more important than God, we get ourselves in a bad place, you know? And, and you understand that it doesn't happen like this, right? I'm going to tell you another sad story, so just bear with me. I'm about to get to the good stuff, so just hang with me for another couple minutes, all right? Don't just walk out, because, like, I have heard enough negative. I don't need any more of that. No. Um, no, I, 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 I call this, this is compromise, and I call this progressive justification in a bad way. Uh, a, a pastor friend of mine, somebody was stealing money out of the offering. Now, you understand this didn't start with them just taking a bunch of money out of the offering. This started with, well, I need five bucks, and I'll pay it back next week. And they probably did pay it back the next week. But then the next time it was, well, I need, I need 20 bucks. And, and then it's like, well, I don't have 20 bucks to pay. And then it's like, well, you know, I pay money into the offering, and, and I work for this. You know, I'm, I'm an usher, and I volunteer, and, and I deserve this money. And after, well, okay, so they went back. And when they finally caught this guy, right, they went back over two years of records, and every time this guy counted the money, there was about $200 less in cash than there normally was in the offering. Well, well, wait a minute. How does that happen? Well, we stop listening. We stop listening to our conscience. We stop paying attention to what's right. We start justifying ourselves and justifying our behavior, and pretty soon we've got ourselves into quite a mess. But see, it all starts with us not listening, doesn't it? Be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. 
You know, if, if uh, uh, Luke 8.18 says, that's the same place that says, be careful how you hear in the Amplified, it says, listen to this, I like this so much. So be careful how you listen, for whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a longing for the truth, even what he thinks will be taken away from him. You know, the, the, the less you want God, the less you want the truth, the more other things are going to take their place, and we can get into a place of deception. Now, again, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm not saying anybody is in that position. I just know that, that uh, you know, God wants better things for us. Amen? And we're going to talk about how to keep yourself able to hear, okay? So, so that is going to help me. And if it, doesn't, if it helps anybody else, that is going to be, you know, collateral blessing, okay? So, so uh, I, I, uh, I know that, that uh, getting to know God is really amazing. He's so amazing. And he's so good. The more you know him, the better you find out that he is. And, uh, you know, I think I, I said a few minutes ago it's going to take all of eternity to know God. You know, I think the apostle Paul knew God pretty well, wouldn't you say? He wrote half the New Testament, and most of the doctrine that we teach came directly from him, all right? But in Romans 11.33, he wrote this, and you can turn over to Ephesians 5, by the way. Romans 11.33, oh, the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Who has known the mind of the Lord or become his counselor? Or who is given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, there's so much depth in God. You know, uh, in, in one of the Ephesians prayers, you know, Paul says, you know, how high and wide and deep and long and, you know, to know God. There's so much. There's no end to it. All right. And, and as we press into him, I'm telling you what, we just rise and rise. You know, Proverbs 4 says the, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, growing brighter and brighter till the full light of day. You know, the only vision I've ever had in my life, and it was just a quick vision, I could see it. I was standing on the stage in the children's auditorium at Ramah, and I could see this path that went up into light that was too bright to look at. And, and you know what? That's your life how God wants it, and it's my life, how he wants it. He wants us rising up in him year after year and decade after decade until we just disappear off into eternity. You know, one of my, one of my dear friends, a dear missionary friend of, of uh, mine and my family passed away this last week, and, and, I, and I, I cried because I was sad that he went, but I was so happy for him. And I know how many people he loved and blessed and, and how excited my dad was going to be to see him coming through those gates. I knew my dad would be there to meet him because my dad admired him more than I think anybody else that he ever knew on this planet. But, uh, but you know, we just rise up. That's what God wants. He wants us to keep listening, to keep pressing in, to keep on our path. Paul, Paul said in Acts, I believe, 24, he said, all I want to do is finish my course. I just want to finish my, whatever God put me on this planet to do. That's a, good, that's a good way to be, isn't it? That's a good attitude to have. I want to finish my course. I want to complete 
whatever it is that God gave me to do. Did you guys make it over to Ephesians 5? All right. I told you I'd have you get somewhere. We're going to tear this whole scripture apart here. So um, we're going to start with verse 15 and go through verse 21, and they're going to keep this verse up there on the screen for us as we kind of wander through this, all right? But I'm going to read the whole passage to you, and then we're going to start over and work our way through it. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Well, first of all, we probably have to take a look at that very first verse, verse 15, when it says, be careful how you walk. You understand we need to, we'll have to come up with a definition for careful. By careful, the Bible does not mean full of care. We understand that, right? We're supposed to, what? Cast our cares on the Lord. So it can't mean that. So we're not supposed to be full of care. No, careful. But here's what I felt like the Lord showed me. The word careful in this verse means intelligently cautious. All right? So we are supposed to be not full of care, but intelligently cautious as we walk through life, all right? I think that, uh, that uh, if we take a bit of this at a time, so we go to making the most of your time because the days are evil. You know, as we learn to do first things first, uh, we are able to get a whole lot more done. Did you know that? If you do the most important thing first, you know, sometimes, you know, when I was younger, I, I would do the thing that I wanted to do or I liked to do first, and then what was left were the things that I didn't want to do and I didn't like to do, and, I, and then I was grumpy at the end of the process or the end of the day. Well, that didn't really work out for me, so here's what I learned to do. I learned to do the most important things first, whether that was the fun thing or the not-so-fun thing. And, and sometimes I would even just do the thing I didn't want to do first just to get it out of the way. But, but we do first things first, and, and that is a, a, a way to keep peace in our lives. You know, my old pastor grew up in a ranch in the Dakotas, and uh, he, he'd say, okay, the time to put the saddle blanket on the horse is not after you ride him. You know, you want to put the saddle blanket on and then put the saddle on and then ride him, okay? Well, you know, the most important thing, you know, the Bible says to meditate on the Word day and night. You know, I like to start my day in the Word. Uh, I like to end my day in the Word. I like to, I'd like to take a few minutes to, to be in the Word uh, right before I go to sleep at night. And, uh, you know, meditating in the Word, truly meditating in the Word taking a word and taking a scripture and muttering it, uh, you know, that's a lot of work. And a lot of people just don't want to do that. But I can tell you this, you're going to grow by leaps and bounds if you decide to go ahead and do what God told Joshua to do in the first chapter of Joshua and take that time to meditate in the word. Take the time to do what David penned in Psalm 1. Uh, 
you know, and in your word I meditate day and night. Amen? And not just read it, to actually meditate it, to mutter it, to put it in your mouth, and to be saying it. While I'm in my car sometimes, I will meditate on certain scriptures that I know, uh, you know, the, 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 the scripture that's the best scripture, the most important scripture is the one you need for that moment. You understand what I'm saying? If, you, if you're struggling with, you know, anxiety or stress, you know, you know I, I, you'll hear me. If you were in my car with me, you'd hear me saying, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. You'd hear me saying it because I'll say it because I, and I'll just keep saying it because God will give you revelation about that as you do what he said to do with it, all right? You know, have you ever, uh, have you ever uh, eaten a gummy bear? I'm not really fond of gummy bears, I have to be honest with you. But uh, if you've ever eaten one, uh, you know you don't, you, the idea is not to just pop it in your mouth and swallow it. <laughs> you understand that? You're supposed to, mm, mm, and it takes about a month to, uh, to get that thing finally gone, and that's, I don't think I have the patience for gummy bears, but, and, and you know, I, I'm not suggesting that you spend 16 hours a day in the Word of God or meditating, okay? I'm, I'm not suggesting that. I, I'm really not, but you can probably live without 30 minutes of TV somewhere in your day or in your evening or something. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, you know, uh, I, I, I think we have some guys in our church who have some scriptures on cards, and they tape the scripture that they want to meditate on at that moment. They tape it to their steering wheel so that they're reminded of that when they get in their car, and then they, they meditate on that as they're driving around. I think that's a great idea. But you and the Lord can work that out, but you know what? Making the most of your time is a good thing to do. The next part of that verse says, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We're talking about how to keep hearing here, guys. You know, as you learn what God's will is for you, you know, you're going to see that any other plan for your life is ineffective and foolhardy. I'm not trying to be mean. You know, my big plan, uh, initially, my big plan <laughs> was I, I was going to be a psychologist. That's what I decided when I was in high school. I wanted to be a psychologist. And then, then I worked with a psychologist and realized that I did not want to be a psychologist. So we threw that plan out. And plan B was, I think I'll go to medical school. I, I, I probably, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty good at testing. And, and I, I really think I could do that. So I started taking steps toward being in medical school. And I, I mean, I was serious steps. Okay, I had, I had a place to live. I had a school and a place to live and a job. And I mean, I was serious. I was moving. And every step, I didn't know one thing. I was, you know, young, you understand. I didn't know one thing about being led by God. All I knew is that every day that went by, I felt worse about this plan. I mean, it was like to the point where, you know, you start to feel like your head's not quite right. Has anybody ever pushed the limits of, of what? 
going against the plan of God to where you started feeling like, okay, I, I can't do this. Well, I didn't know anything, so I, I, I made an appointment with my pastor, and, and I went in, and he just laughed. He goes, yeah, I know what's wrong. He goes, you're fighting God. I was like, it sure does feel like it now that you say it. He goes, yeah, that's not your plan. I was like, oh, what a relief. I can't do this because it was. So I called him up, canceled the job, got out of my place to live. I, I, yeah. But, but see, God has a plan, and, and he's not a control freak. You understand that? He's going to lead you into it, but he's got a plan for your job, relationships, your family, your children, your spiritual gifts, your service to the kingdom of God. He's got a plan for all of it, all right? And, and if you're like, yeah, but I don't know any of it, well, you just hang with him. You just seek him. Don't worry about your plan. You seek him, and he'll show you the plan in time, okay? That, that's his job. You understand that, right? You know, you could beat yourself up all day and, and try to f- figure it out, but you're not going to be able to figure it out just like this, okay? Just, you just seek him. He'll just start working things out. You know what I'm saying? You know, when, when I wanted to get married. I wanted to get married for a really long time, and, and, and every, every woman that I, I looked at, the Lord said, no, not her, and I was like, okay, and then, you know, uh, I, I met Leanne, and he didn't say, no, not her, so that was a really good thing, but see, <laughs> see, the, the, the thing is, is that, 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 see, I just obeyed him. He, he moved me to Nebraska again. I grew up here, and then I went away for 19 years, and then I came back here. I had no idea why I was coming back here. He just told me to come back here, and so, you know, I met Pastor Tony, and he offered me a job, and then I met Leanne right after that, and, and so, you know, see, God's smarter than we are. If we'll just cooperate with him, we get into the position to get the places and the things that he wants to accomplish in our lives, but we have to listen. And we have to keep those ears on. And, and, and we have to know that we want his will. And if we want his will, he will show us his will. You understand that? That, that, that if, if, uh, if I knew Pastor Edwin hated McDonald's, I would never, ever invite him to go to McDonald's with me. That would not be nice. Do you understand what I'm saying? But, but, but see, if you're dead set against God's will, he's not going to force it on you. You're not going to force it on you. But if you'll submit yourself to him, then, you know, and this is the other thing people do. This is just, I think this is, it's funny, but it's sad to me that people are like, well, if I submit to God, he's going to make me be, you know, like a missionary in Madagascar or something, and I don't want to do that. (laughs) Well, okay, seriously? Do you seriously think? That, that, you know, God is going to make you do something that you would hate. He's not going to do that. Now, I, I, I don't know what his plan is for you. It's a full-time job making sure that I know his plan for me. But, but um, I know this, is that I am 61 years old. He's never dropped the ball once. He's led me at every turn. That's why I, I love that song, that we've been singing, you know, the, the uh, one verse goes, I love your voice. You've led me, oh, I can't hardly say it. You've led me through the fire. You know, he, he's done that. He's led me through the fire over and over and over, you know? And, and it's like, like an obstacle course. I just follow him, and then and none of it's hard. It's just, okay, God, we'll go there. I'll go there. I'll do that. I'll do that. 
and, and he'll get you where you need to be. Yeah, but I don't feel like that's working. Oh, just hang on. You know, you just hang on. You just keep following him. You just keep, and, and don't, don't worry about the plan so much. You just get to know him. My wife, if she were up here, she'd say, just talk to him. That's good, guys. Just start talking to him. Just tell him what's on your mind. Just tell him what's going on. You let him fill you with peace. Let him fill you with faith. Let him lead you, all right? And I better keep going here. There's about eight points, and I've only got two of them covered. All right. The next part of that verse says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. Uh, dissipation, that means uh, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living or diminished self-control, which if you've ever been drunk with wine, you understand that is likely what happens there, all right? But, but you know what? God, what he's saying is don't, don't, don't try to medicate your struggles in life with something that's going to make it worse instead of better. Do you understand? All right? Now, I'm not getting on anybody. Uh, I didn't say anything except, you know, what this says. Don't get drunk with wine because that will lead to reckless living or diminished self-control. Okay? Can we go on now? Okay, good. All right, the next one says, be filled with the Spirit. Instead of being filled with wine, he's saying, be filled with the Spirit. You know, if I told you that I had the winning lottery ticket for that $1 billion plus purse that's hanging out there, that's what I heard on the news today, and, and I told you I was going to give it to you, you'd be excited. I hope, I hope you'd be excited by that. But, but you know what? We have so, honestly, you guys, we have so, 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 so much more than that. We have the very spirit of the living God living inside of us. You guys understand? God is real. His spirit is real. His dwelling in you is real. He is our guide, our comforter, our comforter, our strengthener. Uh, he's called alongside to help. He's the wisdom and knowledge of God. He's the one who loves us, who warns us of danger, who brings peace in the storm. And if you are born again, the Spirit of God lives in you. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have rivers of living water in you, and they're for you and for everybody around you. You know, we have so much. And, and, we, and, and, the, and Jesus said this. He said, he said he was sending the Spirit who would abide with you forever. You understand that? Even when we go to heaven, I guess he's still with us. That's pretty cool. You know, and I think, guess what? I think there's not going to be so much background noise up there. I think we're going to be able to hear better. It's going to be good. Amen? You know, I had a lady tell me one day, I never hear. I never, God never speaks to me. Yeah, he does. You just don't know that's him. All right? And, and I can tell you, if you're born again, he speaks to you. But I can tell you, it is quite a process to learn how to listen. All right? And, and that's why Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Because it takes care. It takes some effort, a little bit of effort. You know, reading the Word, and, and again, I'm not beating anybody up here, but reading the Word is Him talking. Do you understand that? So you're going to start to recognize when, when He speaks to you something that isn't directly out of here. He's going to speak something to you. It's that same voice that you hear when you read His Word. It's the same. He's the same to yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change. So he wants to talk to you, but it takes some practice and some time to learn how to hear his voice. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of young people, and they're like, I just don't know. I just don't know how to hear God. Well, yeah, 
first of all, relax, all right? Wow, just chill and just relax. And just, he's not going to talk to you every day, every minute. You understand that? Don't seek a voice. Don't go trying to find some voice because that'll get you in trouble. You know, sometimes people think, well, I want to hear a voice that's outside of me. No, no, no. We, we, it's right here in our heart, okay? It's that still small voice. It's usually just an impression of something right or something wrong. Something's not right. Have you ever had that? Oh, I've had that. Something is not right. I, was, I had a job one time, and, and I didn't even know what was wrong. But right here, something's wrong. And then I found out, yeah, something was wrong. You know, and, but the Lord will warn you. He's preparing you. See, that's, that's who he is. But the Spirit of God, who is so amazing, just, and, but he, he, how do I say this? He, he, he's not pushy. You understand that? If you want to ignore him, you can ignore him. If you just won't, don't want to listen, you don't have to listen. But, but you understand that, that, as you practice listening to him, you're going to hear him more and more. Because I'm telling you, he's already talking to you. You just don't know he's talking to you. And, and I, I, I said this recently. It may have been a Bible study yesterday. I don't know. But, but, but one time, the Lord, see, he'll practice with you. Okay, he'll talk to you about things that don't matter. Because he wants you to learn how to hear his voice. All right, don't look at me like I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. Okay, I, I, I know what I'm talking about on this. All right. Um, one time I was going through a really difficult uh, time. I was struggling with something, and, and this kind of thought floats up inside of me, and I'm like, I, I, whatever that means, I don't know. So I just ignored it. Floats up in me again later that day. I ignored it. Floats up in me again, again that day. I ignored it. I got to church that was on a Wednesday. I got to church that Wednesday night, and, and I, I sat down. I was sitting in the back row back where, where Mark is right there, and uh, actually, I was prob probably about where Jonathan is, because I was right by the sound booth. And if you've ever read Brother Hagin's book, uh, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God, he talks about different ways that the Holy Spirit will talk to you. Well, one of those that happens very infrequently, and many people live and die and never have this happen, is like you feel like someone's talking out loud right behind you, and I physically jumped. But he said the same thing he'd been trying to tell me all day. But see, he did that not because I just had to know what it was, but because he was practicing with me and wanted me to know that was him. I was like, it, it, I physically jumped. If anybody was watching me, I hope they weren't. They probably weren't. I was in the back row. Nobody probably saw me. But, but, but here, here's the deal. He wants you to know it's him. So he, he's not trying to be secret. He's not trying to be hard to find. He's not trying to be anything. He's just as who he is. And he's a total gentleman. He's never going to be pushy. All right, I spent way more time on that than I intended to, so hang with me here. All right, the next part of the verse. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You know what? First uh, Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another. And build up one another just as you are doing. You know, we want to build each other up. We want to serve one another in love. You know, we're not alone in this world. We're not islands. God made us to need each other. And he made us to be a blessing to one another. You know, sometimes you need the blessing. Sometimes you can give the blessing. But, but come to church armed with a blessing, ready to give somebody, okay? You know, don't just come in and sit down and don't talk to anybody and don't look at anybody and don't, don't, 
push people away on purpose or not on purpose. You know, put a smile on your face and be welcoming and, and you know, what does the word say? I just read it. Serve one another in love. One thing, right? That's easy to do. You know, you, it doesn't mean you have to, you know, go clean their house or, or uh, fix their car. It doesn't mean that. But you know what? Encourage somebody. You know, build up somebody. You know, uh, it's, not, it's not that hard to do. All right? Okay, I'm going to keep going here. All right. Keep, keep going on this. Okay, we just did speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Next part says singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Do you know that's a whole lot like meditation? If you're singing a word song, you know, that's a whole lot like meditation. And, and I just like to sing. Uh, Proverbs 17.22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Do you know? Some days you just have to decide you're going to be joyful. Amen? You know, some days the joy of the Lord is my strength. And it's like, Lord, you know, I, I, need, I need your joy. Recently, and, and uh, there's a story Brother Hagen tells where he, somebody was beating his door down in the middle of the night, and he got out of bed and stubbed his toe on the foot of the bed, and, and he goes to the door, and there's a lady there crying, and she goes, God's left me. And, and he's like, come in. And, 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 and she's like, he's, and you know, he, he's thinking, well, she must have done something. And so we got to get her repent and get her restored. And he goes, well, what'd you do? And she goes, I, I just, I've searched everywhere in my heart and my mind, and I can't think of one thing I did wrong. And then he's like, okay, you woke me up in the middle of the night to come and tell me you didn't do anything wrong. And there's, okay. All right. He goes, look at my face. So he said, you watch me. So he put up his hands, and he just was like, Lord, I love you. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Jesus, I thank you. You're my redeemer. You're my savior, my healer. And, and he said, you know, pretty soon he's into it. And, and he, he stopped, and he looked at her. He said, did you watch my face? And he goes, yeah. He, she goes, you started out just like you were half asleep. But then, then she goes, you look, your, your whole face lit up. And he's like, right, now your turn. Well, you know what? She stopped thinking about whatever, how she felt. Hello. Wow. You go by your feelings, you're, woo. Yeah, that doesn't work, okay? Yeah, don't do that. You know, just, just you know what? I, I have a pastor that I know. He, he goes, yeah, about three times a day. I shut my office door. I throw my hands up, put the, shut the computer down, and put my hands up and just start praising God. It puts everything into perspective again. And anyway, the lady put her hands up. And, and she's like, suddenly joy, joy just swept into her. And she's like, yes, I'm okay. He's like, yes, you're okay. Try not to wake me up in the middle of the night again. All right, <laughs> goodbye. Anyway, I, I may not have ended that quite right. But anyway, the, the, point, the point is, is that um, God... As we sing and make melody in our hearts, as we praise him, you know what? It puts a lot of things into perspective, all right? Uh, Ephesians 1, prayer, you guys know that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You pray this. Pray this over yourself. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope 
of his calling. You know, hope is so important. It's so important for day to day. It's so important for relationships. It's so important for our walk with God. It's so important for hearing right. Because as we hope in him, as we hope that, that uh, it, it's the beginning of faith, it's a step toward faith. You know, some people, well, hope is a poor receiver. You've got to have faith. Well, yes, you do. Hope may be a poor receiver, but you know what? It starts there. If you don't have any hope, you can't get faith. So you know what? But he is the God of all hope. He is the God of all comfort. And as we learn who he is and what he is about, we will have hope. And as we get hope, then we can take steps toward faith, right? You know what's said here. I'll read it again. Your heart may be enlightened that you will know what is the hope of his calling. You know, there's so much hope. And as we praise him, we can feel that hope and we can sense that hope and know that he's with us. All right, keep going on that verse. It says, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. You know, Psalm 100 says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks unto him. You know, we, we know... Uh, we know uh, Philippians 4 that says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. Let, with prayer and supplication, what does it say? With thanksgiving. See, as we get thankful to him, our ears are wide open. Did you know that? If, if you just stop and get thankful, you know, sometimes I get grumpy. Sometimes I'm a glass half empty person. I'm not looking at my wife to see what kind of look she might have in her face at this moment. I'm going to look at all y'all over here, okay? And uh, she, she may or may not be aware that sometimes I'm a glass half empty person. Anyway, but, but you know what? Sometimes I just stop myself and I'm like, okay, I'm going to name 100 things I'm thankful for and I just start. I'll be driving down the road and, and I'm, I'm sure they think I'm on my phone, fortunately, you know, back when I was, you know, when I was like Brandon's age, if you saw somebody talking in their car, you knew they were nuts. You know what I mean? But nowadays, not, you all know what I'm talking about. If you're older, you know. You know what I'm talking about. You're like, what are you talking But no, nowadays, you know, you just assume if they're talking, they're on their phone. So, uh, you know, I just start, I'm like, okay, I'm thankful for my wife, thankful for Jake, Thank you for Alicia. Thank you for the dog. I'm thankful for this car. It always starts. I'm thankful for my home. I mean, I just start. All right. Thank you for Pastor Tony. Thank you for Jeanette. Thank you for the church. Thank you that I have a job. Thank you. You know, and I just, I, I keep going until, until I get too distracted or until I get at my destination. All right. But, but being thankful opens your ears wide to God because, because he is available he is, when you appreciate him, now think about this, think about this, you know, I've, I've told this story, I, 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 don't, I don't want to wear the story out, but, but, but I was in an airport, and, and I needed to get a flight corrected, and some things, and, and I was hoping to get on a different flight, and, and I was at the counter, and the guy in front of me was just being as rude as he could be, and the lady is going, I'm sorry, there's just, no, there's just nothing available on that plane, uh, I can get you on a plane tomorrow, and da, 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 and yeah, he's mad, he storms off, and I said, I got up there, I was just nice as I could be, you know, I, I didn't have any reason to be, I mean, it's not her fault if the plane doesn't have any seats on it, 
it's really not her fault, right? I mean, I don't really want to sit in the, what do they call those, jump seats, whatever they are. No, I don't want to sit there. Thanks, I'm good. So I, get, I said, so I know there's no, there's no seats on that flight, but I was just wondering when you can get me on a, seat, a flight. And she kind of looks down and she goes, hmm, look at this. There, there is a seat. <laughs> see, see, appreciation goes a long, a long, long ways, you know? And, and you know, God's a person. He, he's, he loves it when his children, you know, appreciate what he does. You think about it. I mean, you know, think about how often he just gets ignored. And I'm not saying he gets his feelings hurt. He doesn't. But think how much he appreciates it when we appreciate him, when we value him, when we honor him, when we thank him. You know, <laughs> Brother, Brother Hagen always said this. He goes, if you need a car, ask God for a car and remind him why you need it. I need it so I can go to church. I need it so I can serve, so I can do the ministry. I need, you know, and, and is that the only reason you need the car? No, but, you know, you, you got to, you know, God, he gets it, you know. He's not dumb. You understand that. All right, the last one. And I've, I've got three minutes, so we're okay. I didn't talk too long, except on that one. All right, the end of that passage says, be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. You know what? Out of respect for Christ, let us be courteously reverent to one another. You know, if, 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 if I'm rude to Tiffany and we go into the service... And, and Tiffany's going to be sitting there thinking about how rude I was to her and not listening. You understand that? As we encourage one another, you know, if Leanne and I were to have harsh words before we got to church and, and I'd be sitting over here going, why did she say that to me? Or she'd be going, why did he say that to me? And we wouldn't be listening. You know, as we are courteous to each other, as we encourage one another, as we're appreciative of one another, as we bless one another, we're helping each other listen, all right? I think that, uh, you know, we, we want to give way to each other. That is another translation of that verse that says, be subject to one another. Give way to each other because you respect Christ. You know what? Let somebody else be able to operate their gift. Don't, don't insist that it always be you operating your gift. You know what I'm saying? Don't look at me like that. All right. Don't, don't, get your, don't, don't decide your gift is more important than their gift. Okay? You know, uh, my gift is not more important than your gift, period. End of discussion. Do you know that, that the gift, whatever gifting and whatever uh, service God has for you, it's not more important than what I do. It's just different than what I do. All right? And, and in God's eyes, it's just as valuable. And, and that's why, that's why when, when he talked about the prophets, you know, and he said, if you give a cup of cold water, you'll, you know, if you support that prophet, you're going to get the prophet's blessing. Why? Because your gift is just as important as his. It's just not the same as his. Now, we all look at the prophet. We all look at the, you know, the talented singer or the talented actor or the talented preacher or the talented teacher and think, wow, there's a gift. No. It's no different or no more important than your gift. But, but if you want to look at it that way, then everything starts looking wrong. But, but that's why we have to be subject to one another. 
in the fear of Christ. And I don't have to have my way every time, all right? All right, just a quick review. Keys to hearing. Humility. Don't treat the things of God as common. Watch your life. Watch your hearing. Watch how you're hearing. And then the last thing is, I, I thought of this, is Psalm 37 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, as you delight yourself in God, you know, I think just in the natural, as I delight myself in my wife, you know, that, that builds us both up. And, and as you delight yourself in the Lord, that builds you up, and, and it increases your love for him. And it, it you know, <clears throat> the Bible says that his thoughts toward us are more than the sands of the sea. You know, he's thinking about you all the time. But, but think how blessed he is when he knows you're thinking about him. And you're calling out to him. And you're being thankful to him. And you're loving on him. He loves that. You know, he loves relationship. That's why he created man. He wanted relationship. And as we have that relationship... You know, it's a blessing, and I'm telling you, it enables you to listen. I'm telling you. You know, Paul told Timothy, I'm going to wind up here. Paul told Timothy, you can write this down, 2 Timothy 1.8, or 1.6, rather. He said, for this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh, stir up, fan into flame the gift of God. You know, sometimes we just have to stir ourselves up. You know, remember David in the Old Testament encouraged himself in the Lord. All right, sometimes we just got to get ourselves, all right, David, uh, tell myself, straighten up. All right, come on, think right. Let's get on this, you know? You know, let's get, let's, let's do this right. Let's think right, because sometimes I have to kind of get myself stirred up, amen? All right, I'm going to read one more passage here, and we are going to go home, all right? All right. Second Peter, chapter 1. I love this, one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. Seeing that his divine power, starting with verse 3, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Do you see that word everything there? Through our true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. And by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them we may become partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Now, for this very reason, add to applying all diligence. Be careful how you hear. In your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and to your knowledge, self-control, and to your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours, and ever increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in your true knowledge of God. We're all growing in this together, guys. We're all growing. We're all growing together. And uh, let's make sure that we're careful how we hear. All right? Father, we thank you so much.